Okay. So, here, here we are, guys. Here at the end of all things. <laughs> at the end of all things, at the uh, final step in our journey, we have come at last to the world or the universe. What's that Douglas Adams thing? The cafe at the end of the, the universe? Yeah, or the, the diner? The, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I forget which. In the Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. Yeah. I always love the idea of there being a place Don't to get a towel. drink. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So, so here we are at the final card in the sequence of major arcana. We're hoping to continue into the minor arcana. So we'll talk about that a little bit at the end, but now we're going to focus our attentions on this huge last card in the journey. And the card itself is not one I see very often. How about you? Oh, I see it here and you there. You see it here, here and there? Here and there. I get it very rarely. So it has a number of different names. Interestingly enough, the ones that are not the world or the universe, <laughs> they might as well just call it everything. <laughs> but the ones that don't have this sort of theme of um, encompassing all have to do with time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That makes sense. There's there's one other one, the crown of the Magi, and I'm not quite sure where that uh, comes from, but perhaps it's a Keter type reference, mm. the idea that the crown of the tree of life is enclosed within this final card in the end. Uh, but this idea of time is a is a really intriguing one, right? Because right. we have the connection with Saturn, mm-hmm. which is associated and with this card. The Hermetic title is also. The Great One of the Night of Time. Isn't that just the most beautiful phrase? It is. The most beautiful phrase for the most beautiful card. Mm. The Great One of the Night of Time. Yeah, so um, it's the only one of the majors that is given the title The Great One. Um, there are mighty ones, and but there's this is the only one that's called the Great One, and mm. I think it's you know referring to Bina, uh, you know the night of time, night being Nox, or another mm-hmm. word for night is Nox. So the you know the the oblivion of night of you know crossing the abyss and returning to Bina um, is very much a story of this card. Um, and it's also interesting because in the previous card, in the Eon or in Judgment, we had some references to Lux. So right. we go from right. Lux, Light, to Night, Nox. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then so the Night of Time, you know, Time always usually referring to Saturn, which is, again, Bina reference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um also if you – it's interesting to think of, you know – if you think of the final cards as sort of backing up and up in perspective till you see everything, you know, first you see the sun and the, you know, and the, you see the light and the brightness, and then you back up and you see night all And that it's space. in, right, it's in the depths of space. <laughs> the final frontier. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should talk a little bit about this idea that Saturn and Earth are both included in this card mm. a little bit. I mean, we talk a little bit about Saturn um, being associated with Bina. Um, mm-hmm. And we talk about Bina a lot, maybe more than any of the other Saphira throughout this mm. podcast, because, you know, she is the mother of us all. She's so right. central to so many cards, not just the ones that are connected to the Sephira of Bina. Right. And she also is almost a stand-in for the three supernals. Because, right. you know, she, being the, the third one, she contains the other two mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So each Sephira containing the ones before. The idea of this being associated with the Earth, I think, has both to do with the Earth being the missing element we've had so far. We've had air in the fool and fire in the uh, judgment card and water in the hanged man. So there's, here's our final element, but also the earth as a daughter of Bina mm-hmm. associated with right. Saturn. Right. So the virgin and the mother, you know, yeah. the whole doctrine of the, the daughter becoming the mother, the princess becoming the queen. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I think that there's more of that in this card than, we've seen elsewhere. I mean, it's, we talked, and I didn't really even think about this when we were doing it, but when we were talking about the judgment and eon cards, there is a lot of emphasis on the story of the father and the son in there. Right. 
Right. You know, which is yeah. not a story we talk about that much, mm. you know, mm-hmm. the transformation of the prince into the knight. Um, but here we have the transformation of the princess into the queen. Yes. And the return to Binah. So the daughter's return to the mother. It's funny because we don't think of the earth and Saturn as necessarily having that much to do each other with each other in modern astronomy. <laughs> right. And yet in a modern astrology, we do think of Saturn as this restrictive force mm. that you can almost think of as if you imagine the grown person returning to the womb and the confinement that that you know, and right. confinement itself was a synonym for pregnancy, right? Right. So there's that idea of the limitations of Bina and Saturn as being nurturing and womb-like as well. Right. And both having to do with structure and matter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well as time. You know, as well as time. Of, the force yeah. of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Space, yeah. energy, matter, and time are all shown in this card. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of Saturn's... um dignities uh it's it rules aquarius and capricorn um in detriment in leo and cancer uh it's exalted in libra which is always interesting to me to think about uh and in fall in aries i think it's interesting to think of you know how saturn is the ruler of both Capricorn and Aquarius. So then if you think of the devil card and the star card, mm-hmm. I think they're both kind of in evidence here as well, in, in a sense, especially looking at least at the thought mm-hmm. version of it. I mm-hmm. can see influences of both star and devil. I hadn't even realized that. Oh, well, we'll have to talk about that when we talk about the eye. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, well, we were talking about the whole doctrine of you know the daughter becoming the mother or the process of starting here you know on earth or in Malkut and Mm -hmm. the eventual goal being the crossing of the abyss and Mm -hmm. if you read Crowley's visions and voices which is basically his exploration of the aethers um, the one he has a point where he crosses the abyss and that's how he becomes. And in the following one, that's where he gets a vision of basically this card mm. um, of the, the daughter, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really, really beautiful. As a matter of fact, there's one phrase in it that I, I think I mentioned anecdotally in my book that if I could paint that one sentence, then I can die happy. <laughs> what sentence is that? It's, Do you have um, it off the top of your head? Yeah, that one sentence is one that I've, for years I've wanted to make a painting of, but I haven't quite figured out in my mind how to do it because you, it, you almost need to do it in film or mm-hmm. animation rather than a static image. So you can zoom in and out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> zoom in and out. It says, she is naked. Her whole body is covered with fine gold hairs that are the electric flames that are spears of mighty and terrible angels whose breastplates are the scales of her skin. <gasps> wow. Don't you want to paint it? Don't you want to see <laughs> if it? If I were an artist, I would want to. Yeah, I would love to see it. And I do think almost you can see it in animation, you know, just you know, yeah, starting close up start, and then backing I, up. I, I pictured the perspective of like you know, a, a gigantic woman and you're just a speck mm-hmm. and then you're zooming in and in and in until mm-hmm. you can see these angels and are uh, the breastplates of her skin. And yes. Like, yes. You hear, <laughs> holy, 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 <laughs> as right. they say. Right, right. But that whole, that whole aether is all, it, I, we can't read it all and mm-hmm. I won't even try, but there's a few quotes out of that whole vision of what he encounters after having crossed the abyss that Mm -hmm. um, describes this card to a T. This is the daughter of the king. This is the virgin of eternity. This is she that the Holy One wrested from the giant time and the prize of them that have overcome space. Hmm. This is she that is set upon the throne of understanding. Another Bina reference. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's another part where it's just really evocative and beautiful, so I can't help but want Mm -hmm. to read it. Mm -hmm. It says, uh, 
Memory is blank, and in the most ancient books of magic are neither words to conjure her nor adorations to praise her. Will bends like a reed in the tempests that sweep the borders of her kingdom, and imagination cannot figure so much as one petal of the lilies whereon she standeth in the lake of crystal in the sea of glass. Oh, that's dazzling. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. This card is so full of imagery of the sacred feminine mm -hmm. uh, in terms of this return of the mother to the daughter. Uh, I think in both of them, we can maybe we can talk about the birth imagery a little bit. Mm. Um, I mean, even in the world, it's really obvious the, the wreath that surrounds her. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever we see this oval or mandorla or vesica piscis, mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, this idea of return and of birth. Um, and the vesica piscis itself is a sacred geometric figure that you get by putting two circles mm -hmm. uh, on top of each other so they intersect, you know, like the MasterCard logo like or an the eye on it, Venn on diagram. And, and then, on its yeah. Side. Yeah, and then where they intersect, you know, the the circumference of one circle goes through the center of the other, and then you get this almond shape in in the center, which is the vesica piscis, the bladder of the fish. That's why I always call it the vesica Pisces. <laughs> yes, the yes, it's that's the fish. <laughs> that's the idea. That's the idea, and and why you know some Christian people take that as the symbol for Christ. So you just add a little tail to it, and you get you know that that symbol for Christ that you see on people's cars. So so that's something that we see uh, in this card. And that shape, I mean, not only is it symbolic of an eye, but also of an egg, in a sense. Yes, almost. yes, it is. It is symbolic of the egg. In the uh, Thoth card, we have an oval as well, or a circle, really. Um, it's There's an emphasis on the circular form of birth, which reminds me of, you know, this dilation of the cervix almost, mm. you know, this sort of like, you know, expanding, uh, expanding circle. Mm, but outside the circle, there's more of the eye-like. Uh, right, eye -like right. Yes, you can well. see that mandorla. And there's an actual mm -hmm. eye. And there the is an actual as well. eye oh. as well. Yes. So um, I don't know whether to talk about the circle or the almond shape oh, or the yeah. eye first <laughs> start wherever and we'll okay so um, so so the circle around the the figure in the Thoth card in the Thoth universe is described as 72 circles which is not quite um, not quite clear um, so you can see that there are these kind of three layers of circles around um, mm -hmm the uh around the the dancing figure uh and they are supposed to refer to the quineries of the zodiac so we have mm -hmm. the the 10 degree decans or the 5 degree mm -hmm. uh quineries and so there are 36 decans in a 360 degree circle and 72 quineries mm -hmm. uh, so this in, this mm -hmm. circle divided by 5 yeah rather than 72. by 10 mm -hmm. which I think mm -hmm. is really interesting to reflect on in the nature of this card. If you think of the five again as being the synthesis of the four, mm -hmm. you know, this card, mm -hmm. we've got the four creatures, the four cherubic beasts, or as you could say yet again, the four powers of the Sphinx mm -hmm. united as the fifth. So if mm -hmm. you take that five and divide up the entire universe and you get these uh, 72 divisions, yeah, yeah. which you mm -hmm. could also look at as, if you take the 36 decans and consider each one having a day and night ruler, then you have 72. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and this number 72 is also significant. Okay, I'm going to try and do this. Um, <laughs> so there are 72 um, angels or 72 parts of the name of God, God in yes. the Shem Ham Faresh, which is derived... Okay, here we go from um, from Exodus chapter fourteen. If you read it, um, boustrophedonically is the term going across one line left to right and the next line right to left, sort of going backwards and forwards like that. Really, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That say that term again, boustrophedonically or boustrophedonically. Huh. Well, you know what it reminds me of, even though the word is totally different, is in the traditional. 
hermetic description of this card, it said that she's twirling the uh, forces one dextro, uh, dextro and one, one levo, levo rotary. Yeah, so, levo rotary. So yeah. the, the, the twin active and passive forces back and forth. So that just made me think of that. Yeah. That's really cool. Oh, that is cool. So um, so the idea is that you read the uh, these lines of Exodus, um, 19 through 21 of Exodus 14, you read them backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, and the, the letter of each word uh, produces Another the name, name of, God, of the angel, right. to <laughs> which you add either the suffix L, L or yeah. Ya, right? Mm-hmm. And one of those is like the chesed sus. One's uh, feminine and yeah, one's masculine. Yeah. And one of, yeah. And one of them is. Which again, like the fourfold name of God is just why I like, right. uh, why I like it when it's divided into mm-hmm. two masculine and two feminine. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually the, um, the suffixes. So yeah, my impression from what I was reading the other night was that one suffix was associated with chesed and the other with chokmah. So there was mm, this sort bo- of that'd like... That'd be both masculine then. Yeah, yeah. But they should be one of each. But they should be one of each. I mean, we would prefer it that way. Anyway, so... A lot of times suffixes are like that <laughs> in languages, though. Yes, one is a feminine is ending and case. one is a masculine ending. Yes. So um, so the idea is you take these names of... Um, these The names are derived from the first letters of these words, and then that's why you have so many angels whose names seem to end in L, you know, right. Mikael, Raphael, Gabriel, they're, they're all uh, translations of names of gods. Um, and that that word, boostrophedonically, whoa, I feel like I've, I've acquired something excellent. But, you know, it's funny, when I was in 12 or 13 or 14, I was uh, obsessed with writing backwards. And, you know, I would write in script backwards. So my diaries from those years go one line forward, one line backwards, oh, just like that. Yeah. And boostrophedonically, yeah. because I didn't want to lift my hand. <laughs> so, awesome. so now I know what that's called. That's cool. Okay, so I think we got through the Shem Ham Farash. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, so there's 72 times three in this grid of stars around right, the... Right, uh, but if you divided the circle of 360 by five, you'd get 72. So there would be, there would yeah, be five altogether. Um, yeah, that's cool. And also the three, the three um, layers kind of echoes the three uh, loops in the fool, you know, hmm. the Einsof hour. Uh, veils the three of veils nothingness. Of nothing. <laughs> so now we have the three uh, rows of somethingness, <laughs> right. or something like that. Um, shall we talk about the corner, the beasts in the corner? Sure. So back to the beasts. Yeah, back to the four creatures of Ezekiel, the living creatures, which we have seen so many times before. We saw them in the Rider Waite. We see them in the Wheel of Fortune card, and in the Thoth, we see them in the Hierophant. And kind of in the chariot card, because yep. the yep. animals are a reference to mm-hmm. this as well. Uh, so um, we have a pretty extensive post on the four creatures on the website at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. So if you are a patron, you can read all about them and uh, their their esoteric significance. Anyway, it's good to see them back. Um, <laughs> the four creatures, we have, uh, the four fixed signs, um, Leo, Aquarius, Taurus, and, uh, right, the four Scorpio. Symbolic four corners of the universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, holding us down. Uh, and as before, we noticed that, uh, instead of having the eagle on the right and the man on the left and the upper part of as we do in the upper part of the Rider Waite world card in the Thoth one they are reversed because Crowley does that yeah we've explained that in a post too called the Karubic switch or something like that something like that I think you called it yeah yeah Yeah. so um so they are it's kind of appropriate that we see them here because um you know we see them in the vision of Ezekiel but we also see them in Revelation a form of them in Revelation. And Revelation, of course, is the last book in the New Testament. And here we are in the last card of the deck. So um, their apocalyptic presence is welcome in that way. Um, and what's also interesting is that in the Thoth card in particular, they are blowing 
They're mm. blowing wind, right? Right. Which is cool because that's like air. It right. ref- the refers connection, to the fool I mean, again. These two cards, the fool and um, the universe are so intimately are so connected. connected because it's an ever-revolving cycle that right. repeats over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you put the the letters of the fool and the letters of the universe together, it's it's a and the the aleph and the tau, mm-hmm. which spells a word that means essence. Mm. So, nice or nice nothing in its complete expansion. So mm-hmm. the aleph of the fool, the the nothing, the the thunderbolt, if you will, actually kind of sometimes is drawn as a swastika with four arms. So if you think of the point of nothing eventually becoming a point and then extending out in four directions, it's, you know, nothing in its complete expansion that goes on forever and ever Mm -hmm. and ever. And I guess eventually you get back to the point (laughs) if it's a, if it's a right Mobius like structure. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and in both cases, so we have this, uh, central figure, um, Mm. and, Sometimes considered right. a hermaphrodite. Yeah, and I don't buy that. I think mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that's mistaken. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that some say that, but it's mm-hmm. this is the maiden, the the last letter of the fourfold name, the final hey. I mean, it's she's clearly um, the only reason I could think of that makes sense is that returning back into the fool thing. Yeah, that, you know, I mean, that. I think it has to do with that, right, the, the, the hermaphroditic fool, and right. also the I, this idea of union, of reconciliation of opposites that this whole journey has been about. So that's just another way of expressing it. But I like the idea that it's, I like the maiden daughter returning to the mother. Mm. I mean, it's a very feminine mm-hmm. um, symbol, obviously, mm-hmm. Um there's a Lieber that Crowley wrote on the trigrammatons of the I Ching. Mm-hmm. Um, Lieber 27, actually. And so he has these 27 uh, threefold permutations that can mm-hmm. form the, um, the hexagrams with. Mm-hmm. And the final one, the last one, the 27th one, he correlates with this card and he, you know, it's three broken lines, so it's they're all feminine. All three lines are feminine, and he says he says it's the ultimate feminine symbol, the complete dissociation of existence, the final disappearance of all positive ideas. But this is found to be essentially identical with the perfection of the continuum. Woo! <laughs> but <laughs> doesn't stuff. that sound like the yeah. universe right yeah. there? Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. it's you know it's that daughter and mother symbolism right there Mm -hmm. the the very the three broken lines um at the end Mm -hmm. of all things in the thoth card in particular there's this idea of the woman and the serpent so again Mm -hmm. the intertwining of the sacred feminine with a you know with this phallic creative force Mm, right Um, and she's standing on his head or stepping on his yes yes the card yeah which is really interesting to me Mm -hmm. um it's also um uh, it's also uh reminiscent of the creation myth of Eurynome and Ophion mm. the idea that there was this dancing figure who danced with the serpent the serpent was inflamed with lust and so began you know all things um the dance of creation and that she continues to dance right. and create and there's also, so this reference I jotted down, Eliphas Levy, again, the French occultist, who, um, who talked about, uh, this idea of the woman and the serpent as the, representing the emancipation of will from servitude. Yes, I think I wrote that one down too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, good. He calls it that blind force which souls must overcome if they would be freed from the chains of earth. Mm. For unless their will can detach from this, fatal attraction they will be absorbed in the current by the force which produced them and return to the central and eternal fire the whole magical work consists therefore in our liberation from the folds of this ancient serpent then in setting foot upon its head and leading it where we will hmm. it sounds almost like you know the buddhist idea of liberation from incarnation yes, yes yeah. exactly yeah. very much so yeah fascinating Right. And the 
the two uh the this is a double letter Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the two words are power and servitude. Yes. Oh, there so, we go. So, nice. You know, yeah, I didn't make that connection. Using the will <laughs> to overcome these forces of time. Nice. The power of the will to bring liberation. And it's also called, uh, this card is also referred to as the vision of wonder after the trance of sorrow. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Where, where's that from? I think that's probably from the vision and the voice as well. Mm -hmm. um, whenever mm -hmm. I hear, well, trance of sorrow, again, you make, makes you think of the Buddhist um, mm -hmm. reflection, you know, yes. on, the, on the, yeah. the, the suffering that everything is. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. But when I hear sorrow, too, I always think of Bina, the, you know, the sorrow of the great mother. Mm-hmm. 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 And this card is the first card. If you look at its path on the tree of life, it's the first step on the path of great return, you know, that mm -hmm. ultimately yeah. Yeah. leads there. So if you're traveling from Malkut to, to Yasod, yes. it's the very first step in the final path on the way down and the first step right. on the way up. Yep. So so on the Thoth card, we have these themes of of the sacred feminine and the final hay and, you know, the return to the mother. And also in the world card, there are some historic threads that you can kind of tie there. Um, sometimes, and this is specifically the work of Robert Place that pushes me in this direction, there's this idea uh, among the Neoplatonists of prudence. So prudence as the final virtue along with justice, oh, temperance, really and strength. that's interesting because um, mm -hmm. I think in Levi's deck there's a card that's supposed to be prudence represent mm -hmm. the virtue of prudence and the woman is treading on a serpent there you go there you go so the continental tarotists are you know really into prudence so so prudence is this idea that's it's not just being careful it's um it's a particular kind of wisdom sometimes it's equated with sophia the knowledge of the world and so mm. so this figure in the world card in the writer wade smith is sometimes thought to be the anima mundi the soul of the world the thing that mm -hmm. connects all things and that is the one vital force in nature and in life that connects us all so it, it's just curious to think about this as, you know, is it a journey of freedom or is it a journey of connection? Mm. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it's both. Yeah, if it's all that there is. Then, mm -hmm. you know, even the, the, the letter itself, meaning cross, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. kind of speaks to me of, you know, the nothing becoming all kind mm -hmm. of concept um, mm -hmm. and all that there is the world, you know, the soul of the world, the anima mundi, mm -hmm. um, but not limited by time or space, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of, you know, when you're floating in a pool and you're connected to everything, you feel nothing, you don't feel gravity, yeah. you don't feel the yep. weight of things. Yes. I think um, in the book of Thoth, one of the little poetic phrases that he uses for this card is not becomes all to realize the span of not oh perfect universe of pan mm -hmm. so in uh, Liber Trigrammaton where he breaks down these 27 trigrams that become the building blocks for the, the hexagrams of the I Ching uh, the quote for it is Therefore was the end of its sorrow, yet in that sorrow a sixfold star of glory, whereby they might see to return unto the stainless abode, yea, unto the stainless abode. <laughs> and, you know, that's the universe card, the, um, right. the great return. The great return, right. Um, yeah, the other, the other quote was actually from 777 that similarly talks about this card as the complete dissociation of existence mm. the final disappearance of all positive ideas but this is found to be essentially identical with the perfection of the continuum right. so to me those two uh, in my mind are very similar um you know about the trance of sorrow and the the return yeah. the great return to you know cross the abyss right right and to the darkness and to the egg and which 
Which brings me to the Akasha Tattva, which we should probably talk right, about, right? right so so right. there's this this shape of the egg, um, which is um so the Akashic egg is one form that we that the Golden Dawn used in their Tattvic meditation exercises. So there are right. these five tattvas or tattvas and um the if you stare five, at them, five right? again, five again, yes. right? If you stare at them, uh, they each have a they each have a particular color and a particular background. Right. You look against them, and when you stare at them long enough, you get a reverse image, right? The flashing right. colors, flashing right. colors, mm-hmm. right? You have this this um this effect, this visual effect that takes place, and the akasha tatwa is an oval black or indigo egg. And, right. Which is, you know, so intimately tied to this card. Right. But also, if you think of that egg as being the egg that Harpocrates was said to be in that egg, yeah. the, the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the egg of blue, the, ba- mm-hmm. the, oh, babe, the babe in the egg, egg of blue, blue which right. is bringing us back to the connection to the fool. Right. 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 Now, these, these exercises they did were supposed to prepare you for clairvoyance, I mm-hmm. believe, as for right. astral traveling. Or, right, to use it as a doorway kind yeah. of. Um, yeah. Yeah. And wasn't it Mathers who was supposed to be so, I don't know, powerful and magus or whatever it was? There were accounts of him projecting these tatwas into the air before him so people could see them. From really? The outside, which is crazy to think about, but. Of course, we don't know, you know, what state of mind they were in or whether it was part of something else, but who knows? Mm. It's curious. It is curious. Yeah. I'd like to see it. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, oh, and another thing about the Golden Dawn little tidbit is that, uh, so we talked about this figure in the Rider Waite Smith card as, um, as prudence or Sophia, the wisdom of the world, the anima mundi. And, um, and the figure that Pamela Coleman Smith drew in here was, is thought to have been Florence Farr, who was a, an initiate of the Golden Dawn and who took the name Sapientia Sapienti Donadata, which is wisdom, wisdom is a gift given to the wise. Yeah. Which I think is so great. Um, she herself was an actress, writer, you know, one of these Renaissance women that seemed to be all around at the time and, uh, whom, whom Pixie became, uh, an acquaintance of. And, uh, you know, and as, as we know, she regularly portrayed women she knew throughout the deck. Mm. What so, an honor to be. Yes. Used can you imagine? As the model for the world. If you could, you know, get for yourself a TARDIS. Mundi, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's, that would be one of my first things. I would go get, I would go back to 1900 and hang out with Pixie and get my face in a tarot card. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, going back to the, the, word you know of the the dual word for the dual letter of this card um, mm-hmm. meaning power servitude mm-hmm. i noticed that the one of the other you know little lines of poetry in the back of book of thoth for this card says treat time and all conditions of event as servants of thy will appointed to present the universe to thee in the form of thy plan so not only wow. does that speak to, you know, power and servitude and harnessing mm-hmm. the force of will, but when he says, uh, present the universe to thee in the form of thy plan, one thing we haven't talked about is that plan at the bottom of the card, the kind of blueprint oh, of yes. the house of matter. I love that. Which is so cool to me yeah. that she did that. That's wild. Um, it's supposed to represent the 92 elements that they knew of at that at time. The, yeah, so it's sort right. of like a, a house-shaped periodic table. And it's even better because, you know, it's like a reference to kingdom, Mankut, right. Right? right? And it kind of has, you know, those three pyramids are embedded in within the shape of it, mm. which are said to be suggestive of the pyramids of Giza. Right. Which that's also Fantastic. fascinating. Yeah. 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 That's great. That's but I great. like that, you know, the idea of the house of matter and that's again, that's bringing in Saturn and structure and earth and, mm-hmm. and Malkut mm-hmm. and that whole like 
the building blocks of everything, of all, yeah. you know, all that is known, yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Saturn is the great architect. Right. Mm -hmm. But here, you know, and so it, if you consider this the lowest path, the kind of on the, you know, the dingleberry from <laughs> <laughs> Malkut to uh, Isod, you mm -hmm. know, there's nowhere to go but up, as they say. Right, right. Right. And also, um, there are more, more Saturn references that we haven't actually touched on. Uh, the idea, uh, well, you can sort of see in the world card in Rider Waite Smith, the crossed legs could be a reference to Tav. To Tav. But you cross. also have that yep. sort of swirl of the banner behind it that with the cross, you know, the sickle, the cross and the curve make up the sickle of Saturn mm -hmm. in the glyph of Saturn. So you can and kind of see that. And there's actu an actual sickle. Yes, and it, she's actually holding a sickle in her hand. Uh-huh. Um, mm -hmm. She looks like she's kind she of po poking that eye with. <laughs> yeah, ow. Ouchers. Yeah, that's really cool. So, And she's got the crossed legs as well. Yep, they both do. Which I read in the, uh, you know, in the description, the Golden Dawn description, they called that in the sign of Earth, that position with one right leg like forward and and then the 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 right hand is supposed to be raised and forward and it that neither card Me. is doing it exactly yeah. but yeah, they yeah. Just, they describe that the the exact position that she should be in and they say that the uh the scarf is supposed to be in the uh shape of the letter kaf okay and sort of the serpent in which this, in brings, the both card yeah, yeah. which mm -hmm. brings in mhm mm well, I think, yeah, it could be the serpent in that card, but I don't mm -hmm. think that's the le the shape of the letter in that card. Mm. I think, mm. but the cough brings in the idea of the wheel of fortune. Right. So that right. is actually suggested, I think, in a different way in this card that we can talk about. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you think of the the universe as a cycle, you know, of the ever-changing three gunas mm -hmm. the fortune mm -hmm. card mm -hmm. that's a you know it's it's that's why the scarf is supposed to be in that shape to bring in that idea of a cyclical right uh, process right right but a i never think ending that in cycle. this card in the thoth card i mean i think that's suggested by the um see that shape uh, behind her that yes. is like three, um, I don't know, like a twisty three, three-dimensional, mm -hmm. three-fold mm -hmm. thing. Yep. Um, I think Duquette calls it, says it's a Mobius strip that's, has three twists in it. Um, mm. which, okay, I, okay. I'll, I'll buy that because it, it does kind of look like that and that makes sense. It's supposed to have behind her a figure of the tree of life that only the pure can see or some, I was thinking or some about reference that. Yeah. like that. I was and thinking, yeah. I ahead. think that shape is, is that. And again, this goes back to that, uh, that whole idea of the, I Ching and his Libra 27, there's a, so if you take those 27 trigrams or whatever, but you can actually exp expand it to create a total of 729, which is, you know, uh, nine to the third power. Mm -hmm. There you go, 93 mm -hmm. again. But there's one, which incidentally, not coincidentally or coincidentally is number 666, which has mm -hmm. three, uh, Three broken lines and and four dots or three dots, but the fourth one is implied and supposed to be Keter. Mm -hmm. So it's supposed to be that the three broken lines create these three forms on either side, and then the dots are in the central, and it's said to be representative of the entire tree of life. Hmm. So I was thinking about that, and I was just like, well... I can almost picture that if you turned it on its side and we're looking at mm. it from like above. That's that you what could I was get thinking. A, a I was a thinking shape that like this. Because this green background is supposed to be the sphere of Earth. What if you were looking from above down, right, down. onto the Earth as Malkut at the bottom and then looking yeah. down at the spiraling tree of life? So I'm wondering if yeah. that's... Or if you imagine the three-dimensional 
tree of life. Right. You know, but might... I thought of that too, but that has more four sides. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But there's something there. There's, there's something some, there. There's something there. I mean, there, this, that may be like a four and three type mystery yes, as opposed to exactly. a four and five type mystery. Yep. You know? Yep. Something there's like de- that. There's definitely something there to reflect mm-hmm. on. Yeah. I guess we're not pure of heart enough. No, not yet. <laughs> I definitely. Keep working on it. I'm definitely not. <laughs> I'm not. Pure of heart or liver or anything else. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, it's very fascinating to try to find that tree of life he was hinting at. And I think there's definitely yeah. something to the, it being suggested by that form. I feel as though part of it has to do with motion. You know, the idea of yes. this being a card in motion. She's manipulating the radiant spiral force. I should look up. Because I remember I told you in another episode I have a book of uh, projective geometric yeah. forms. Yeah. I just remembered cool. that yeah. form is in that book. Hmm. I'll have to get it out and see if I can find it and what it's called and see if there's any like potential, you know, either mathematical cool. connection to the tree of life or something like yeah. that. Because yeah. I've seen that shape before. Yeah. That's, I'll have to find it. And if I find it, I'll put it on the website. That would for be us. great. But I don't, I can't guarantee I'll find it. Well, let's talk a little bit about the serpent, some, uh, her dancing partner. Mm. Um, Crowley says that's Heruraha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a form right. of Heruraha, right? right? right. So right. sometimes form. like he's the winged yeah. serpent. Yes. <laughs> um, he's black, red, yellow, which is Malkut and Asiya. Yes. Oh, right? yeah. If you're, yeah. we're getting into the colors. Yeah. That's yeah. actually really interesting because because that trigram that I read, mm-hmm. it, sa- it said again that um, therefore was the end of its sorrow, yet in that sorrow a sixfold star of glory. Wow. And when I think of sorrow, I think of Bina and blackness, mm-hmm. and then a sixfold star of glory, you think of Tifereth, and yes. the color is yellow. Yes. So then again, you, you have flecks of yellow within black, and mm-hmm. that's one of the colors yeah. the, in, for, for Earth. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yet another, like, mm-hmm. that's... And the return does go through Tiferet. Right. Right. The journey of the path right. that you have to take. And then eventually, yes, eventually, it does. yeah. Now, um, coming back from the head of the serpent to its tail, uh, mm. it's coming out of that eye. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Right. Right. So first of the all, it's of being Shiva. ejaculated right. from the eye. <laughs> right. Let's not right. to put too fine a point on it. Right. It's eye of Horus, but also or the eye of Shiva that yeah, uh, or know, the, the eye opening of, of which destroys, destroys the universe. The universe, right? Dun dun For dun. I have destroyed a universe <laughs> and not remains, as yeah. it is said. So yeah, it's it's absolutely fascinating because remember back again, we have the idea of nothing in its complete expansion, and, right? And not remains, right? <laughs> nothing right. remains. Mm-hmm. But that nothing is something. But, you know, also this idea that we have to have the fertilized egg. It has to be fertilized mm-hmm. from somewhere. Right. right. So that would be it. But also, oh, this is so brilliant, I think. I mean, up in this whole corner of what's going on, we talked about the connections with Capricorn and Aquarius yes. all the way at the beginning, yep. right? Yep. And so here we have Ayin, the eye, the eye connected yes. with the devil, which is associated right. with Capricorn, right next to... And with to, Pan, and we mm-hmm. have the night of, Pan. night of Pan. This the is the great of one of the night of time. Right. And the night of Pan is part of that process of the return to Bina. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's all there. It's all there. Plus, now this is, this I got from, um, and we've got the stars Banza, of Aquarius. Banja, so a star of Aquarius, but also the idea that maybe unless the man has been switched, the man could be Aquarius and then we have Capricorn right. and Aquarius together. Mm. Right. 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 So, right. Yeah. 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 There's just so much going on, like everywhere <laughs> in this card. Yeah, this is definite a definite card to meditate on long yeah. and well. I think Crowley actually gives that advice somewhere that one should meditate on this card, but like as as you should with all cards. But he specifically yes, mentions he does. this one somewhere. He as does being, say that you know worthy of extreme meditation. Yeah, yeah, and also here's something we. I'm curious about just looking at that corner and then looking at the opposite corner, the left, I mean, up top there, the upper left corner. Look how there's a difference in the shape of the mandorla. It's like smooth on these, on the upper right, the lower right, Mm. and the lower left. And then it's sort of wavy up here by the eagle. What's up with that? Well, to me, I think 
when you see smooth and wavy, whether mm-hmm. you're talking about flames or, you know, different shapes, mm-hmm. f- masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. And so is it, is it talking about the, again, the fourfold name and the, the two masculine and two feminine? Mm-hmm. Um, it just reminds me of something that Hodorowsky once said, the, you know, the, the, the great mystic of, um, who specialized in Marseille and came up with the Kamwenj uh, Hodorowsky tarot, which is used by Marseille people, he always says that there's three and then one repeatedly throughout tarot. Mm. So three that are the same and then one, one that's, that's different. different. Yeah. You know. Well, that one is different. Yeah, it's yeah. just interesting. I, if anybody out there has an idea what's what's up with that, we'd love to hear it. It could just be calling attention to mm. the switch. Could be. To the Karubic switch well that I wondered if there. that might be it yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's see. You know, this card too, another thing about, about this card is I think it's another way of saying almost the same thing that the card backs of this deck mm. is trying to say. So again, if you look at the card backs of the Thoth Tarot, it's got mm-hmm. the hermetic rose cross um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. symbol, which has the, the four elements and the fifth element of spirit and the cross yeah. of, you know, in extension surmounted by or attached to the rose, which is divided, yeah. you know, which again could be saying that the universe divided, you know, 360 divided by five, making the 72. But in this case, it's not 360 mm-hmm. divided by five, but it's another way of saying, um, mm-hmm. So you've got the six, the six segments here of the yeah. cross, the yeah. unfolded the cube. cube of matter, yeah. And then you've got the the five. The five is implied in the mm-hmm. rose. Mm-hmm. So you've got the you know another way of saying you know fives and six, the microcosm yeah. and the macrocosm, and that's also what's being said in the universe card. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a similar a similar message. Well, you know what's interesting, looking at the backs and then at the front. You know, you see how. How behind the cross you have that unfolding green star, uh, yep, the four, the fourfold, yeah, uh, fourfold rays, whatever. It it reminds me a little bit of that the green sphere on the front. And what if, like you know, what if there's a relationship between the three elements in the center of the rosy cross, mm-hmm. you know, looking down mm-hmm. on the green sphere of Earth. You know, right, and the four and the fourth yeah. one of Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah and seeing that again well, on in the, the center actual of the hermetic rose cross, you know, there's a section in Duquette's book where he goes deeply into the actual symbols and you know, there this one's on mm-hmm. the card backs are is really abstract and doesn't give all the symbols, but on yeah. those on those were the letters INRI, I N R I, which mm-hmm. not only have to do with the the Christ and cross symbolism, but also are the, uh, simultaneously in the four letters of a, a phrase, igni, igni natura, renovata, yes. integra, all of nature is restored by fire. Yes. So, yes. I thought that was particularly cool. interesting in the fact that this card follows the the card of fire you know we yeah. were talking about the purification by fire of and the, here's of the, the restoration last card and here <laughs> of it, nature yeah, yeah right exactly. right 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 and and that whole Henry thing even if you turn it back into the the cross symbolism um again that's talking about the same thing which is that cycle of life death and rebirth you know which this card is an endless cliff of that mm-hmm it's kind of speaking about the indestructibility of the soul, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> yeah. Another thing about this um, threefold um, Mobius strip or whatever it is in the center, let's also consider the, you know, the numerology of the card. We have the 21, and then that's connected to right. the Empress of right. Three and the 12 right. of the Hanged Man. You yes, know? the mother, the Empress. Yeah. yeah. And then the yeah. waters of life, I guess. Yeah. I can think about it that way. Well, you know, one thing... This card, it makes me think of also, so the princesses, mm-hmm. it's associated with the princesses right. and with the tens, you mm-hmm. know, all being Malkut energy. And when you get to, I think it's the ten of discs, which is the last of the small cards, Right. there's this phrase that's brought up that, that 
Crowley calls it the climax of the descent into matter is the signal for the redintegration by spirit. <laughs> so that word redintegration that yeah. looks like a typo, of yeah. course it isn't. It's it just isn't. his very precise yeah. languaging yeah. where if you look it up, it means the restoration of the whole from a part. Yes. So yes. that's just really interesting, not only to reflect on it in terms of the ten of discs being, you know, the mm-hmm. the, the trigger for matter to to begin again. Then this card too is the trigger for mm-hmm. matter to begin again. The end of a cycle wherein it triggers right. the the spirit, right, or the, the fool, the spirit that mm-hmm. you know. So the um the signal for. The redintegration by spirit. The husker, the shell around the kernel, giving it the nutrients it needs to grow again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mm-hmm. don't know. I think... I like there's, that. There's something there to ponder as well. Right. Again, there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Back to the fool. <laughs> right. The only way out is through. So, I suppose we could do the colors. Yeah. And again, and this is yeah. one with a lot of colors because it's both the colors of Saturn and the colors of Earth. The colors of Earth. So mm-hmm. you, for the colors of Saturn, you have all the colors very similar to the ones in the Devil card. Again, mm-hmm. bringing that in. So we've got mm-hmm. indigo, black, blue-black, and black-rayed blue. Love that. Beautiful. Yeah, it just right. speaks of the depths of space. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, gorgeous colors of the dark you know the great Mm -hmm. one of the night of time so then you also to added to that you have the colors of earth Mm -hmm. so the colors of earth you start out with in the king scale you start out with a fourfold division of color so again you have the circle divided by the cross Mm -hmm. which is it's dividing into four sections, each one with a color. So citrine, olive, russet, and black. Mm-hmm. And so this, these colors are all, all of them are mixtures of the three primaries. Mm-hmm. So the citrine is a mixture of red, yellow, and blue with yellow predominant. Mm-hmm. So that's the air element. So right. then you've got a right. mixture for russet, which is all of them mixed, but with red predominant, the mm-hmm. fire element. Mm-hmm. And then the green one is, uh, you know. The water. The water element, element. Mm-hmm. Pre- predominant. And then mm-hmm. you have black, which is <laughs> the mixture of all colors, solid yeah. earth, and also back to Bina and Saturn and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the earth element as earthy of earth, earth of earth or the mm-hmm. earthiest earth. So that's one color, this mm-hmm. fourfold division of the elements. And then, um, the other color in the queen scale is amber, um, which is to me, sounds very solar, you mm-hmm. know, again. So it's bringing a little bit of uh, light into the darkness. But it also reminds know? me a little bit of the chariot, you know, where yes, you have the, that yes, amber. Yes, that too. The amber color is mm-hmm. there as well. And when that connection with Bina and the, the great chariot. work, the, mm-hmm. the connection with the, because this card and that card are mm-hmm. both all about that process right. of that the great work is right. describing. Right. Um, and then you have a dark brown in the prince scale, a mm-hmm. very earthy color. And then in the princess scale, you have black flecked yellow. And we already mentioned that one as, you know, <laughs> right. the flecks of yellow within the black being the Tiferet in Bina. Yeah, Tiferet yeah. in Bina and that uh, the prince kind of impregnating the princess, if you will, which is you know, the knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel, that connection to the solar within. Yeah. That, that is, makes it po- that redintegration of spirit possible, <laughs> I think, you know? Right. The yellow right. within the black, or like that other quote mentioned, the, uh, the sixfold star of glory within the sorrow. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So I find the colors of this card very interesting. Yeah. And the colors, Interestingly, uh, the colors, when we, when we get to the musical scale, we have to always choose one. And that's always the frustrating thing, especially with a card like this, which includes practically everything. I, I would this say one just and the last. Go, go with black and the sound is silence. <laughs> that's really nice. That's really nice. I actually like that a lot. Um, the, what they came up with, uh, the esotericist was, uh, the blue black. The indigos mm. of Saturn. And so, um, so specifically when you're using this card as a Saturn card, because 
this is the one you're going to use. That's what there is. You're going to use it as blue black, um, which is that color from the, uh, from, from the Saturn scales, king, queen, uh, prince, princess scales. And, um, and blue black is associated with a natural. So, um, so that brings us close to full circle. Um, but there's in the, in the scale, we actually have the final step of purple, which we use when we're doing lunar stuff. Um, I think it was probably, uh, we brought it up when we talked about, um, the moon related cards. So, um, so Which that makes sense because mm-hmm. the path is connecting to Esau, to Esau, the, which exactly. whose color is purple. Exactly. The, the natural associations overlap a lot because the Saturn, uh, correspondences are all earthy correspondences, right? So, so whenever you, uh, are dealing with, earth you're probably dealing with um you're dealing with darkness and onyx and jet and hematite and these heavy mm. lapis lazuli's in there too because yeah the blue, and that's that beautiful sort of color yeah 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 so you're dealing with these um you know dark substances from the bowels of the earth kind of a thing uh lead yeah yeah uh trees and smells are Dark, well, cypresses, of course. Cypresses right, which we talked about in the Empress, in right. the Empress card. Right. We talked about the cypress that's mm-hmm. in the card, perhaps as being the Arborvitae, the tree of life, mm-hmm. which is also a funeral tree mm-hmm. of death. Right, right. And so there's sort of a forecast of death and life and life and death and all the way from the Empress at the top of the tree, looking down to this final path of the world. Right. Uh, leading back to the fool. So yeah, leading again, back to life the and death. Exactly. <laughs> And then smells. Well, I brought a whole bunch of like bassy, Saturnine, earthy smells. Um, you can maybe choose what you want to expose yourself to. <laughs> I brought, let's see. I, brought, I love bassy, earthy do. smells. Here's the, here's Merce, Mer, Mer, yep. um, patchouli, uh, civet essence. This is synthetic. Uh, this is sweet myrrh. Again, that's semi synthetic. So you may want to think twice, but I love smelling the sweet myrrh. Uh, next to them. What about myrrh. vetiver? Oh, I didn't bring vetiver with me, but yeah, that's also considered. Yeah, I would have think. I would think that one's yeah. very earthy to me. Yeah. We both love vetiver. Yes, oh, the myrrh stuck. <laughs> it's so rubbery and. I actually like the smell of myrrh. I, do I know love the not smell as much as frankincense, but I do love the smell of myrrh. I actually really like it. I just can't figure out how to blend it with anything else. It's it's a it's like yeah. it's like using black and all the colors blend into black, right? So it drowns everything out. But, um, I once made a tincture of myrrh with myrrh crystals marinated in port wine. Yeah. I forget why. <laughs> Do you want the synthetic civet? Real quick. Real quickly. Real quick. <laughs> Yuck. It's super strong. Yeah. I made my, you know, I, I taught smells to my students last year and boy, the girl who got the civet was so pissed. <laughs> Patchouli. Mm, I love the smell of mm, I do too. Yeah. Again, sort of a such a dominant note that it's hard to deal with in blending. But if you smell it, the pogo stemon plant that it comes from, it's it, you know the leaves. If you rub them, just give off that incredibly mm. fragrant scent. Like- that's how patchouli first came to this country. It came wrapped in Indian textiles because it was a moth repellent. Yeah. Yep. So cool. That is cool. <laughs> yeah. I like the smell of patchouli or vetiver mixed with rose. Oh, it's a yeah. nice combination, yeah. which kind of makes me think of the rose cross we were talking well, about, you know? Because <laughs> the very first perfume I ever made was for myself, and I called it Dirty Rose. It was a vetiver rose. Yeah, perfume. I love that I smell. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Anyway, so I think that takes us to the end of our journey, but maybe we can talk for just a second about what this card means to us personally like how do you how do you read the universe of the world in a reading when you get it or when you get it for someone else again depending on it's, context it 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 definitely it always for me depends on context but it's it's completion and renewal at once mm-hmm. do you tend to see it at the ends of things sometimes you see it at the ends of things yeah mm-hmm. yeah de- i've definitely seen it on the ends of things as yeah. definitely signaling um something has been taken as far as it can go mm-hmm. you know kind mm-hmm. of thing like mm-hmm. nothing in its complete expansion yeah. you know like it yeah, can't yeah. go it can't expand any further than this and thus the only way to go is up and go mm-hmm. the and i don't mean that as the only way to go to 
uh, is up in that this ending is anyway negative. It's actually very to me. It's a very positive yeah. card. But there's nothing left. There's that trajectory then has been taken as far as it can go, and there's nothing left to do but to go to the next spiral up or whatever the next yeah. you know the next yeah. cycle. Yeah, your work is done. Yeah, you know, yeah. That whatever that cycle or whatever that phase of life was. Yes. Yeah, and for me, you know, it's funny. I I struggled with this card for a very long time too, and I always thought it ought to be. Uh, something like, well, okay. So when I was very little, I was like nine or 10 years old. I was taken to learn transcendental meditation. My, this is something my really? family did. Yeah. In like 19, 1979, 1978. And, uh, so when we turned 10, we would be taken to learn to meditate. And so, so, um, and what, and they talked to me, you know, in the TM center about, you know, what this meant. And it was all like, I don't know what you're talking about, but the one thing that stuck with me, apart from the pictures of, um, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi levitating that were strewn throughout the place, um, was, this idea of cosmic consciousness and the idea that when you're connected to cosmic consciousness, everything flows. So, mm. and I kept waiting on my way back to see if we would get all green lights on the way home, you know? And so I always thought when I first got this card right. or when I first looked at this card, that it ought to be a card where everything turns green, you know, where you go and you go and you go. That's interesting that you said everything turns green because there's one of Crowley's teachings says that in the new aeon or a new eon, however you want to pronounce that word, <laughs> that the color of earth is now green instead of black. Oh, yeah. And you can see that in his card, too. Yeah. yeah. The green earth within the circle. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So, so that was how I always used to think it should be interpreted, but... It never really quite worked out that way interpretationally. And, and the green being flow, it, it brings back the way we talked about the uh, fortune card mm. being this motion ever going and never stopping. And mm -hmm. so the, yeah. that's the other thing, the gr constant green lights made yeah. me think of, <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't yeah, stay yeah. on top of the wheel. You keep going and going yeah. and going. Yeah. Well, so that was one part of it. And then the other interpretation that sort of came up for me was – Something I derived over years of just reading for people and how it would come up and how it would manifest in my life as I drew it as a card of the day. And it was kind of the opposite, which was, um, like I would get this card if I was involved in a beginning. Uh, well, no, but a, a, a complete project, a story. So like I get this card when I watch movies, when I read books, when which is mm. not actually that common for me, but like when the whole cosmic perspective when the whole like story is contained. Like it's it starts, it you know, goes through its thing and then it finishes and it says In the egg. End. Right. right. <laughs> it's, ca it's canned. It's like the whole thing is in there. So it's like the story mm. is you're not in it, living it going through it, you, you are given it as a gift. And yeah. It's all is contained, all right. the all in the, right. And there's yeah. also the, um, it's like the globe as the theater within a theater, the story within a stage. You know, I got this a day when, um, when a few years ago I was actually watching kiss me Kate with our friend and, you know, and there's, this is a, a, a story within a story, a play within a play actors within a uh, film. You know, so actors within a play within a film about a play. You know, so there's these sort of layers of enclosure and, and completion and, uh, you know, of the secret seed being enclosed in the egg, you know, so mm. this story is planted and unfolds. Uh, so there's, to me, it's got this quality of finiteness, but also this quality of to go. Right. Always changing, but contained right. somehow. Right. It's kind of like, you know, in my Tabula Mundi deck, mm -hmm. I have in this card the, if you think of the tube Taurus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a portal. That's Taurus, T-O-R-U-S. <laughs> yeah. T-O-R-U-S, like a donut, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but like if you turned a wormhole inside out, but yet it keeps, it's, it's like a Mobius strip mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it keeps going and going and going and, and, and going. ever, yeah. ever. And yet it is complete and contained in, in itself. itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, crazy it's the finite and the infinite exactly right. exactly it's both the it's both like we talked about a little bit in the last card that prakriti 
and the Purusha, so the observer and the observed. Mm, right. The, right, the, right, right. The secret seed in the egg, you know, right. Right. <laughs> right. So if you were traveling the strip, you would never finish. And yet, if you look from the outside, it is whole and complete. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's the world. We've talked about a lot of different things. We've talked Here at about the end of all things, at the end of all things <laughs> about rebirth and about closure, uh, about endings and beginnings, about the crystallized matter that finishes, uh, the way the journey finishes, about the never ending process of return and the never ending process of moving forward. Um, the process of to go, the process of to stop. <laughs> it's all here, all in one card. And uh, so we we may have reached the end of this journey, but we are sure to go on. Yes. In one way or another. So thanks for being with us. Thank you. And happy travels to you. <laughs>